Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the domestic markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 96 and as mentioned previously, to celebrate the first and coming up shortly the second anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I'm in the process of publishing a book that is focused on the financial markets and this will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets. A quick progress update, the publisher has now completed the structural edit of the book and we're now in the next phase which involves the design and layout of the book which they have indicated will take about 35 days which then takes us to the first week of March. Till then, please keep it locked right here and I will continue to keep you posted on the progress. And now to this week's podcast where we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 8th week of 2024 and that is from Monday the 19th to Friday the 23rd of February. And without further ado, this is your host Jamuhuri and together let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States, where according to minutes of the last policy meeting that were released on Wednesday, Federal Reserve officials indicated they were in no hurry to cut interest rates and expressed both optimism and caution about inflation. Whilst the rate-setting Federal Open Market Committee decided to leave its benchmark rate unchanged, it altered its post-meeting statement to indicate that no interest rates would be forthcoming until the committee had greater confidence that inflation was moving lower. The minutes stated that most policymakers noted the risk of moving too quickly to cut interest rates and emphasized the importance of carefully assessing incoming data to confirm whether inflation was moving sustainably towards its 2% target rate. In the U.S. stock market, the S&P 500 hit another record high on Friday as investors closed the week on a high note. Earlier on Friday, the broad market index broke above 5,100 before eventually settling at 5,088. Similarly, the Dow Jones Industrial Average added about 62 points to close at an all-time high of 39,131. 
Meanwhile, the Nasdaq Composite recorded a 52-week high earlier in the session, but dipped slightly to close at 15,996. All the three major averages were positive for the week as the S&P advanced by 1.6%, whilst the tech-heavy Nasdaq gained by 1.4%, and the Dow was up by 1.3%. In the U.S. bond market, Treasury yields were mostly lower on Friday as investors considered the future direction of interest rates following the release of the minutes of the Fed's last policy meeting. The minutes indicated that policymakers were in no hurry to cut interest rates until the data confirms that inflation is moving sustainably towards its 2% target rate. Consequently, the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond was down more than 7 basis points, hovering around 4.25%, whilst the yield on the two-year Treasury note was lower by more than two basis points at 4.69%. For your information, bond yields and prices move in opposite direction and one basis point is equal to 0.01%. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil posted a weekly decline as it fell nearly 3% on Friday following the release of the minutes of the last policy meeting, which indicated that the Federal Reserve was in no hurry to start cutting interest rates. The price of Brent crude fell by 2.5% to close at $81.62 a barrel, whilst the price of the U.S. benchmark, that is West Texas Intermediate Crude, was down by 2.7% at $76.49 per barrel. For the week, Brent declined by about 2%, whilst WTI fell by more than 3%. Meanwhile, Marban Oil, which Kenya imports, increased to $82.76 per barrel, and this was up from $80.79 the previous week. In the precious metals market, despite concerns about the risk of cutting interest rates too soon and the fact that higher interest rates tend to diminish the appeal for gold, that information surprisingly did not affect the price of bullion, which was on track for a weekly gain driven up by a softer U.S. dollar as well as safe haven demand due to the escalating tensions in the Middle East. For the week, the price of spot gold was up about 1.4% to close the session at $2,036 per ounce. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets and we start by looking at the domestic foreign exchange market where the Kenyan shilling appeared to be stabilizing against the major international currencies as well as the regional currencies. The shilling's appreciation the previous week was attributed to the successful issuance of the eurobond as well as massive foreign investor demand for the infrastructure bond. And according to data from the Central Bank of Kenya, the official exchange rate for the U.S. dollar was 
quoted at 144.15 compared to 145.85 the previous week. However, in the interbank market, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar within a very narrow range of between 148 shillings on the lower side to just above 150 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 182.06 and the euro was valued at 155.84 and on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 27 Ugandan shillings flat and 17.64 Tanzanian shillings and to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.85. The shillings appreciation over the past one week does not yet constitute a trend and could just be a short-term correction as the forex market reacts to the positive news about the eurobond. The dominant trend remains that witnessed since 2020 when the US dollar was priced at 99, which means that the shilling has depreciated by about 46% over the past four years. And given this dominant trend, I expect that the shilling will continue to remain under pressure versus the major international currencies. And this is mainly due to the country's excessive national debt, which now stands at above 70% of the gross domestic product and consumes about 65% of total revenue collections. On foreign exchange reserves during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves increased by a whopping $190 million to $7.22 billion, which is equivalent to 3.9 months of import cover. The increase in reserves could be attributed to the successful issuance of the 8.5-year infrastructure bond which attracted a lot of foreign investors. However, this level of reserves is still in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. And in spite of the continuous support being received from both the World Bank and IMF, Kenya's foreign exchange reserves remain under intense pressure, and this is mainly due to the increased cost of servicing our external debt obligations which has pushed the country to the precipice of a sovereign debt default. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market remained tight during the week as the average interbank rate increased by 55 basis points to 14.09%. The excess reserves held by commercial banks in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement increased significantly from 27.3 billion shillings the previous week to 37.4 billion shillings. Open market operations remained active as the average interbank rate increased from 13.54% the previous week to 14.09%. Meanwhile, the average value that was traded in the interbank market decreased from 38.2 billion shillings the previous week to 25.6 billion shillings. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 22nd of February, 
And the central bank received bids totaling 36.9 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance rate of 154%. However, the central bank ended up accepting only 23 billion shillings. Interest rates on all the three tenors appear to be flattening out as the bulk of the bids, totaling about 10.6 billion shillings, shifted to the further end of the short-term yield curve as the 91-day rate ticked up by 3.5 basis points to 16.58%, whilst the 182-day rate was a tad bit higher by about 2 basis points at 16.73%, and the 364-day rate was broadly flat at 16.91%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01%. Please note that as interest rates now begin to flatten out, investors have now shifted their focus to the 364-day treasury bill and this is in order to lock in these high rates before they begin to trend lower. In the secondary bond market, there was increased trading activity in the domestic market as bond turnover increased by an impressive 380% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds decreased by an average of 144 basis points as the yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in June this year decreased by 113 basis points from 14.87% the previous week to 13.74%. The decline in yields was attributed to the successful issuance of the new eurobond that raised $1.4 billion, and this has helped to improve investor sentiment about the country's sovereign credit risk. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during the past week, the equities market was on an upward trajectory as the NASI, the NSC20, and the NSC25 increased by 1.9%, 0.9%, and 2.4%, respectively. Market capitalization also increased by 1.9% to 1.44 trillion shillings, whilst equity turnover and total shares traded declined by 8.5% and 7.6% respectively. On Kenya's national debt, the latest data from the Central Bank of Kenya shows that Kenya's national debt as at January 2024, stood at 11.25 shillings. The national debt is divided between the domestic debt, which stood at 5.05 trillion shillings, and foreign external debt that is valued at $38.51 billion, which is equivalent to 6.19 trillion shillings. For your information, Kenya's debt ceiling limit was converted from a specified amount, which was previously 10 trillion shillings, to a debt anchor that is set at 55% of the country's gross domestic product. However, our current debt-to-GDP ratio is estimated at about 70%, 
which means that the government is currently in breach of this law. Up next is the topical issue, and this week we are looking at the decision to put Kenya on the grey list for money laundering. On Friday, the Financial Action Task Force, which is the global anti-money laundering watchdog, made a decision to put Kenya on the grey list. The grey list refers to countries that have deficiencies in dealing with money laundering and terrorist financing. This move is likely to hurt Nairobi's standing as the financial center for the region. Kenya will now be under increased scrutiny by the task force, with the country expected to make critical changes to its financial infrastructure in order to reduce the risk of being considered a safe haven for money laundering. Kenya, which is a financial hub for the East and Central African region, has been flagged as a regional center for illicit gold as well as a transit point for drug and wildlife traffickers. In addition to that, certain businesses such as law firms, casinos and real estate agents have been highlighted as enablers for money laundering. Other African countries on the grey list include our neighbours Tanzania and South Sudan, as well as continental heavyweights such as Nigeria and South Africa. This downgrade means that Kenya will now be subjected to stricter due diligence and could have far-reaching consequences for the economy, including difficulty in securing funding from the international markets as well as reputational damage. This move by the Financial Action Task Force is a major blow to the government which had made several amendments in an attempt to avoid being grey-listed. The National Treasury in a statement confirmed that Kenya had indeed been placed on the grey list and explained that it had made several amendments to its laws against money laundering, including the Anti-Money Laundering Amendment Act of 2023. And on that grey note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening and supporting the Market Color Podcast. I hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. I really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast as well as Amazon Music. Please consider subscribing so that you can be notified every time I publish a new episode. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support and I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and fantastic week ahead. And remember, the secret to letting go 
is knowing that life will give you something better than whatever you're letting go. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.